You're listening to Creative Confidential with Brian Tuck. Brian is an attorney who represents startups, nonprofits, arts organizations, and people who work in the creative industries. As an arts entrepreneur, Brian is the founder and CEO of Performing Arts Live, a Pennsylvania nonprofit corporation dedicated to creating and supporting live performance opportunities for jazz and electronic artists. Its flagship program is the Allentown Jazz Fest. Brian is a TEDx speaker, a Grammy voter, and jazz musician. Creative Confidential begins now. This week's guest is Lauren Smith, the owner and founder of 1111 Social, which is a social media company here in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Lauren's a young entrepreneur who saw a need to create a new company that hadn't existed in the area, and she's doing a tremendous job. How this ties into the arts world is this. Every artist is a freelancer. You need to think of yourself as a small business. Having someone to manage your social media channels is a huge help uh, with engaging with your audience, uh, with potential ticket buyers, potential patrons. Social media is the way that all of this gets done these days. So consider as you are growing your business, consider, if not Lawrence Company, someone to help you manage that function because without a strong social media presence, you're going to have a hard time reaching your audience. We're uh, deviating a little bit from our normal pattern today, uh, really to focus more on the startup culture, uh, which is a, a space that's always interested me personally, uh, because a lot of it, in terms of the decisions that people make, are very familiar to people that work in the creative space, whether it's you know art music or uh film or what have you, because you just because you work in the business world doesn't mean that you can't see opportunity and create something new where some where it did not previously exist. And it's that kind of decision making that always has interested me. Uh, Today, I'm joined by Lauren Smith, who is the owner of 1111 Social, which is a social media company here in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Lauren, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So you and I met a little while ago. A few months ago. A few months Mm -hmm. ago. And, um, you know, for those of you who aren't familiar with Lauren, uh, Lauren ran, and this was a a massive luxury. So for the Allentown Jazz Festival last year, we had, you know, one of the things these days is content. You have to keep pushing content out to your audience, uh, you know, almost on a near constant basis, and particularly when you're in the event management space, um, that's crucial. So last year, we had that task assigned to a handful of, of people who were volunteering, and it was it was really tough to manage. And uh, this was in 2015. And then this year, the festival that just went by, um, we were so fortunate that Lauren uh, you know, joined the team, her company joined the team, the, the Alliance, whatever you <laughs> want to call it. Right. And, and Lauren took over all of our social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and seemingly was everywhere all at once. It was, <laughs> we it, tried. <laughs> it, it, it felt, it really, it truly felt like a luxury after, um, 
in our first cycle being really kind of like working out of the garage or right. whatever the metaphor mm-hmm. is. Like we were all working yeah. around the kitchen table mm-hmm. and everyone was trying to cover it. Um, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about 11.11 Social, um, what, you know, the range of services you provide, mm-hmm. and then we'll kind of get into your backstory and how you arrived at okay. where you are now. Right. Um, so, yes, 11.11 Social is a social media marketing Agency. So basically, um, we run companies, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, Pinterest, Google Plus, LinkedIn, um, every social platform. Um, depending, you know, what a specific company is looking for, it ranges. Um, you know, some small businesses may not need certain platforms. Some that are, um, a little bit larger, like a medium sized business, um, may need a few more platforms than, you know, the mom and pop shops. Um, But basically, we focus on small business um, and medium-sized businesses. The larger businesses usually have someone in-house that's running uh, their their social media, and they're hired specifically for that. Um, And usually, a medium and small-sized business doesn't have that person on staff. So what we do is we go in, um, you know, we we sit down with the, the business owners and figure out what they're exactly looking for. Uh, we say, this is, you know, we need to represent you and your company. And so we really need to get a feel and understand what they're looking for and what they want to be, you know, how they want to be represented. Um, but I mean, basically it's just an, it's an everyday, um, you know, posting, managing, uh, those platforms. Well, and I would think you'd also have to adopt the, you know, if to the extent any of your clients have a voice, like yes. almost like you're a ghostwriter. Correct. For, for someone who's publishing a book, but they might not have actually written it. You have to simulate. Exactly. What, we need to represent them. And so anytime there's a response, we act as that business. So that's why I said when we first sit down with the, the business owner, we need to really understand their business and what they want, how they want to come across. Well, and, and with how quickly things can turn mm-hmm. on you, um, that's for sure. <laughs> the last thing you said is such a huge uh, responsibility because, you know, for me, because I'm, you know, somewhat of a control freak, I will <laughs> readily admit, um, you know, letting that function go, right? Where you have, you know, so, sort of like frontline customer interaction. Yep. Um, you know, if one, it just seems to me like that's something where you get one issue and all of a sudden everybody <laughs> knows about it. So that's actually a, a really super important function that you yes. provide. Um, but again, it's something that as a, as a, one of your clients or a company is growing, um, you can't do everything. You have to get good people plugged right. in to, to those kinds of functions. Right. And the, and the issue is most of the time people don't have, you know, these small businesses don't have the time to run, run their social media the way it needs to be run. It needs to be consistent and it needs to be, um, you know, if someone comments or says something, you need to respond right away. People nowadays, you know, think that within an hour, someone should be getting back to them, mm-hmm. if not yep. much shorter. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, it is just consistency branding on all the platforms. Um, and, you know, it, it's not just posting something every day and never coming back to it. You need to keep the engagement or it's not going to work and it's not even worth their time to just do that. What about... Um when I say live events, I don't mm-hmm. mean necessarily what 
what we did with a jazz festival. But let's right. say, um, let's say I'm running a business and I got selected to give a speech at the, you know, local, you know, the Chamber of Commerce right. or United Way or something. Mm-hmm. It would be great, I would think, nowadays to have, uh, and I guess you can schedule this yourself, but it's so cumbersome to do. It's it, Again, it's a luxury to have a company right. that can handle all this where during the, during the event itself or during the speech itself, we've already pre-selected 10 ideas yes. or five ideas mm-hmm. or whatever it is, and you're putting those out as it's happening Correct. so you can engage the audience that's actually there. Right. Everyone's staring at their phones anyway. Oh, exactly. Right? And and most of the times for those live events, um, we create a hashtag uh, so that people then can interact and have the you know the engagement um, and the com- join the conversation <laughs> um, with that hashtag. Now let's back up a little bit. How did you get into all of this? <laughs> so I worked for a local company um, in the you know like I said local in the area, and I tried to tried to push them towards the social media marketing and it just wasn't quite getting there. <laughs> um, so at this point I decided to leave and Allentown was in the revitalization. Um, so this was 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, what well, the heck, let's try this. I'm going to do this myself. No one's doing it here. People are doing this in, you know, Philly and New York. Um, hey, we want to be a city. Let's see what we can do here and move in that direction. So I thought, I'll try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But so far, it's working. <laughs> now, how many employees do you have now? So right now, I have three, um, including myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now going from the idea, you know, recognizing the need mm-hmm. and then realizing what the solution was. That's step two. Yes. And step three is the hard one, which is doing it. And yeah. that's, that's where a lot of people fall down, I think, where, um, you know, no matter how good of an idea you may have, and mm-hmm. sometimes the ideas aren't so good, at least in mm-hmm. my case, um, mm-hmm. no matter how good the idea is, unless you act on it and act on it with a plan and goals and follow through, oh yeah, it doesn't it doesn't happen. I, I and mm-hmm. I found with my um, with my startup clients, that's the critical phase where a lot of people tend to fall down. Right. Is in the implementation right out of the gate. So mm-hmm. from the time you decided to launch the company, tell us about that time period and how, what was going on. So I launched it in the summer of 2014. Um, and yeah, actually, looking back, it, it seems so seems long, like ago. long ago. Yeah, it, it seems no. a long, like it was a long time ago. But um, it's a very long process, uh, and I feel as though a lot of people, when they do start, they don't realize how much work it's actually going to be. Um, and you know, there are days now where I think, oh, "What am I doing? Like, is this even working?" But when I really look back to how when I first started from nothing really come a long way. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, first thing I did was set up my LLC. <laughs> I picked a name. I, you know, I got my, my tax number. Um, and it was funny because the first thing I did, I guess, to even, even before setting up the LLC, I went and checked for a domain name. And I thought, okay, this is, you know, this is, this 1111 social is available, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I, I call my friend who's, you know, setting up my LLC. And she said, okay, we have to make sure that this 
you know, name is available for the LLC. I said, well, it's available online, so it should be. And she laughed at me and she said, Lauren, that's not how it works. <laughs> I said, okay. Well, they're not the <laughs> well, same. Yeah, they're right, two different, right. two different yeah. things. <laughs> so um, I learned a whole lot, <laughs> uh, especially legally, too, because I've I've gone through some ups and downs with um, with some people working with me. And, and hey, you just got to keep going. <laughs> Specifically to the time when you – so you – Form the form the LLC, mm-hmm. and the first couple of months you're in business, or the first yeah, qu- quarter right. or first two quarters. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Are you working out of working out of home? I'm working you, out of my home, okay. and I am going knocking on doors. I'm calling. Um, I'm you know anywhere I am. I'm giving my business card. I'm talking to people, uh, and I would take people, anyone, and but actually for the first three months I work for free for mm, three or four clients and I said you know if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing correctly you're gonna hire me and then they did <laughs> so you're, you're working out of your home mm-hmm. you're starting to uh, sign clients up yes and what if you know what's the sort of first feeling of hey this is gonna work um, what was the thing that ha- was, was there a thing that happened and if so what was it two things one, I walked into someone's office and I wanted to meet with them and they said, oh, you're Lauren from 1111 Social. And I thought, hey, this sounds real. Like someone else <laughs> just said my name. Yeah, this, this is, is so cool. Um, and then probably about, like I said, I worked for people for three months or so for free. And um, when they told me they were getting more people coming physically into their store, um, that was a really cool feeling. Because I thought, yeah, this this is this can work, <laughs> and um, that that probably was was the biggest. That was a great feeling, <laughs> and and that was one of the things I did want to talk to you about mm-hmm. is that there is sort of a the older school, I would say maybe, old, and I don't mean mm-hmm. I, that may have came out the wrong way, but I would say like Generation X on up, right? S- you know, even some Generation Xers aren't totally plugged into this world believe it or not and from a business standpoint i would think that if i'm not on social media Mm -hmm. all my either all my competitors are or enough of them that i'm losing out by being absent oh my gosh yeah i mean i've had people um you know, it's a younger generation, but if they say they go to Google a company to look at them before contacting them for a service, mm-hmm. uh, if they don't have a Facebook page, um, specifically a Facebook page, because that's just that's like a website now. You know, that's that's given. Right. Um, if they have no online presence, they're like, is, is, is this a real company? Are they still around? And, you know, they get very confused and just move on to someone else. Well. So it originally it really was Facebook was mm-hmm. was the thing and then right then everything started to become very fractured yes where Twitter became a force mm-hmm. and then Instagram and oh, yeah. maybe not Instagram so much more maybe now it's Snapchat Snapchat's huge now <laughs> but how how do you stay on top of like give it sort of give us an idea of what are the major social media channels now as we were it's it's June twenty. 16, you know, mm-hmm. people will be listening to this for a while, I hope. <laughs> but as, you know, as things are right now, um, you know, what are the channels you have to be in if you're, if you want to be competitive? Um, 
Facebook is more business oriented now. Um, it's definitely, I mean, there are, there are kids, you know, 15, 16 that are probably still on, but they're not, or they're not using it at all. But a lot of times Facebook is used for business. Um, you know, it, it has more of a personal feel than, you know, maybe a website that is just a landing page. Um, but it's definitely more business. Instagram is more of the behind the scenes. And that's what young, you know, the younger generation really likes. Um, Snapchat is even more so behind the scenes these, because it's live. These young kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. These young kids nowadays. <laughs> um, but honestly, I mean, probably the top three to be on would be, and my suggest, my suggestion is Facebook, Instagram, and, and Snapchat. Um, Snapchat's a little bit harder though as a business because it is real time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're starting to figure out how to add geo filters now. So let's say you have, you know, you're the Iron Pigs and everyone's going and seeing, you know, the game and families right. are coming and they're snapping. The, now, Iron, the Iron Pigs are the minor league oh, ball sorry. club here. They're the, uh, who are they? Phil, they're Phillies. the Phillies yeah. uh, AAA yes. affiliate. Sorry. No, no, I, you're uh, fine. I, uh, I apologize. I'll <laughs> shut up now. Um, but so let's say you're snapping. One of the filters then that you can swipe through would be something that says, oh, you're at the Iron Pigs. Um, and that's some, but it also, that type of design has to be approved by Snapchat. And so there's a lot of new things that you really have to kind of stay up on um, because things are changing so, so quickly. So with with Snapchat, mm-hmm. which has always, I realized, you know, you realize you st- you're starting to get old when you don't mm-hmm. get some of this yeah. stuff, <laughs> and I'm starting to not understand some of these things. So, I mean, as I understand Snapchat, you you are sending pictures or video clips, yes, but ostensibly they only are they only last. I'm drawing air quotes around yes. last for a, a short period of time correct 24 hours and then they disappear they in quote disappear we (laughs) we all know they're on a server somewhere oh yeah and many people are going to get haunted by this later oh yeah and you can take a screenshot or save any of the photos or videos so they're really they're not going anywhere (laughs) so how do you use that particular tool so Mm -hmm. let's say we've got you know we're in retail and we've got a sale coming up in seven days yes you know we can't how do we build any kind of momentum with such a temporary thing other than just re- repetition every day from here till there? Like, Well, the, the idea of social media is obviously you're promoting, but at the same time, um, it's not it's not a sale today. You know, it's more promotion without people actually knowing it. So their names in front of you, you think um, – Okay, you said retail. Let's say J. Crew. Um, they keep coming up on my newsfeed and Facebook, on Instagram, but it's more of maybe the behind the scenes of what they're actually doing, as opposed to twenty five percent off today. Mm-hmm. That comes through, you know, your email. I mean, retail specifically sends a million, you right. know, a day, um, but. You know, I've always been told it has to be a, a 80-20 rule. 80% you're not pushing sales, 20% you are. Because if you are, keep pushing, like, sale after sale, mm-hmm. people are going to unfollow you and you you lose them forever. Um, so let's say you are having, you know, a Memorial Day sale 
I would say most would probably focus with Snapchat, um, a behind the scenes look, like, you know, putting an outfit together or, um, you know, getting a towel and sunglasses and, you know, oh, we're heading to whatever beach this week. Um, so it's still in quote, you're promoting it, but not really pushing a sale, if that makes sense. No, it does. And, and a lot of, um, you know, there's so much engagement nowadays mm-hmm. with, you know, taking it back to, you know, the, the creative spaces. Um, you know, there may be a, a, you know, a drummer that I'm a fan of, mm-hmm. let's say, and you're getting content that has maybe very little to do with recording a record or, um, you know, a concert that's coming up, but you may, you may get a peek in on a rehearsal or. Oh yeah. And people love that because it makes them human. Right. And they want to see that, that humanized side of especially, especially, excuse me, especially companies, you know, like I said, J crew again, as an example, these are these large companies where they think everyone's just here to make money. Um, and so it really humanizes that company when you can see those behind the scenes of people really working every day or, you know, um, just living. <laughs> Do you so in your book of, of clients, mm-hmm. what in, do you have? Is there any one industry that sticks out more or any one sector that sticks out more? Is it is it mostly service companies or is it retail or? Um, Where, where's your kind emphasis? Of a wide range. Um, I range from real estate uh, to restaurants, uh, the arts, um, which is kind of neat because it's it's totally different, you know, from from one to the other. That um, it's neat how social media can help totally different types of businesses. Um. That, yeah, I mean it's it's more eclectic. <laughs> that are I guess mostly chasing a similar audience, or is the audience getting wider now? Also, I mean, I, I I've you know heard anecdotally, and of course we don't have any. We're so prepared. The desk is totally clear. And there, <laughs> nobody has brought any research <laughs> whatsoever for this episode. Um, but anecdotally, I always had thought the misperception was that, you know, people over 50 mm-hmm. weren't engaged on like Facebook or whatever it is. Right. When that's not at all the case. Right. So how do you, let's say I'm a company where my target audience or my target client base tends to be people that are 44 years old and, and older up. How do we, how do we do that? How do we reach those particular people? Basically, um, if you're looking for a specific targeted audience like that, I would say for that age group, Facebook. Um, And on Facebook, you can now do boosting and promoting, right? Now, of course, you have to pay for that now, and that's how Facebook is making (laughs) even more money. Mm -hmm. But you can target that specific audience via Facebook. So when you put, you know, a certain amount of money to it, to your boost or your page, um, you can target that audience, meaning you can target the age there. So let's say you go from 45 to 60 plus or to 65, uh, or excuse me, 60. Um, and then you can put in, you know, location, interests. So depending wh- who exactly you want, 
to see this po- this post mm-hmm. or promotion, you can target them with those with those specific. What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Sorry. Um, parameters. Thank you. Parameters. Characteristics. There you go. God. Details. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, with those parameters. <laughs> do you have the ability to do that in another channel like Twitter or Instagram, for example? Not right now. Um, there's. You, I mean, you can promote on Twitter, um, but the specific targeting right now is up to to Facebook standards. Mm. It, it, that's the best way to. They're the only ones right now that offer. I mean the 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 tool the tools that are on Facebook are super mm-hmm. detailed. Oh I yeah, mean, it, I mean they even the analytics. Um, I mean they run things weekly, mm-hmm. daily. You can really break everything down on Facebook. Right. So if we mm-hmm. had like in our in our uh, experience with the jazz festival, if we had a guitarist, mm-hmm. uh, you know we had in we had a, a performance by a guitarist, we were boosting that and identifying anybody that liked. Eric Clapton mm-hmm. or Stevie Ray Vaughan or somebody. Right. And as many of those tags as you can think of, you would stick them on that ad and then you'd yep. reach that relevant population for, you know, you could take a full page ad out in the in the newspaper for a thousand bucks or you could run an ad like that for sixty dollars yeah. and reach, you know. Yeah. You wouldn't reach as many people, but I'd re- personally I would rather reach. 300 people that it's directly on point to versus 5,000 people who yep, that nine, flip you know, right through. Yeah. Right. They don't mm-hmm. just throw it in the trash. So, and you, I mean, that's the same thing, you know, with a billboard, you have to hope um, your target audience is going to drive by that or even notice it. Mm-hmm. Um, at least with Facebook, you can kind of get it right in front of who you want to see it. So taking this a little bit, you know, making this a little bit more abstract, you know, knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. you know, looking back on, you know, two years of, of being a startup and, you know, working out of the house, growing it to the point where people know your name, to hiring employees. We didn't even talk about that <laughs> yet. You know, what are a couple of takeaways, you know, things you wish you you knew at the mm-hmm. beginning or have there been any of those such things? Oh, yeah. Hopefully there, hopefully there haven't been. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, and I was even warned before doing it, but whether you're doing a partnership or, you know, hiring people, you really need to, you really need to know who you're working with. Um, and you need to make sure that their heart is, is fully in it. Because especially with the startup, yeah, it sounds great in the beginning. Oh, this is going to be great. You know, there's no money. There's no money in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're working and you're working all the time. Yep. And, you know, I looked at it as, well, this is this is my baby. This is what I want to grow. And I'm going to do mm-hmm. this 24 seven if need be. Um, and not everyone's like that. And I think sometimes, at least personally, I got very excited when someone was even interested and kind of jumped into mm-hmm. working with someone just because. I like being around people and I didn't want to be by myself. <laughs> um, but you know, you, you learn and you, you keep going through and, and quite honestly, um, it makes you, and well, first of all, it makes you stronger, but it also makes you work even, even harder and appreciate where, where you started. Well, definitely. And, mm-hmm. and one thing Lauren just said really cannot be emphasized enough, which is this, you work, at the beginning, you are going to be working this project mm-hmm. literally all the time. So just from my observations of the way you guys did things, when, when you know, 
during the festival itself, the day I think was generally, at least for me, about 18 hours long. Um, we'd start in the morning very early, get all the email campaigns and everything proofread and, you know, tested and all that stuff ready to go out. Um, and, you know, a handful of admin stuff during the day. Then the artists would come in around one o'clock. You'd have to handle them. <clears throat> um, you know, get everybody to sound check and all that and make sure everything was okay at the venue, equipment, all that stuff. Now, it could be eight or nine or later than that. I mean, I remember, okay. you know, seeing you, you know, people go, well, why is Lauren on her phone all the time? People that didn't know you. <laughs> right. And I'm like, well, she's running all of our stuff. I hope she's looking at the phone because that's where all this stuff happens. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it was not unusual during during the festival to see you at, you know, 11 o'clock, 1130 when we were, um, you know, wrapping up, breaking mm-hmm. down or, or um, you know, breaking the stage down or whatever was, was needed to happen where you were still, mm-hmm. you know, probably tending to the other stuff that didn't get done (laughs) while you're while you were with us but uh you really do live and breathe it and i don't think it's going to change anytime nope not anytime soon soon. (laughs) right um so what's the best way for somebody to get in contact with you well you can find me on my website which is www.1111social.com and that's written out e-l-e-v-e-n e-l-e-v-e-n S-O-C-I-A-L dot com um, or my Facebook page, my Instagram, uh, which is 1111soch, S-O-C, and that's also my Twitter handle. Um, and that's also our Snapchat handle. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, also on the podcast's uh, site, as you people that have listened to this enough know by now, so there's a page up for Lauren uh, for this episode, and we will link... Uh, at least to to the uh, to the to your website. Yes. That way, they cool. can just click right through and uh, and hopefully um, hopefully get uh, get touch with you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for having me. Sure thing. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Creative Confidential with Brian Chuck. To have Brian consult for your arts organization or public speaking engagements, or if you have legal matters you want to discuss, contact him at tucklaw.com. That's T-U-K-Law.com. For future episodes, please subscribe to Creative Confidential on iTunes or visit us at creativeconfidential.net. This has been a Steve Mittman social media creation. Creation. Steve Mittman, socialmedia.com.